Welcome to Recloseted Radio, the top-rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing sustainable apparel company, or looking to make a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and each week I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Recloseted Radio. In this episode, I am joined by Jess Phoenix, who is my client, and her brand is called Firebird. Firebird is an online slow fashion brand that is dedicated to offering innovative, eco-conscious clothing for women who want to feel comfortable yet confident. Firebird finds their inspiration in 90 staples and puts a modern twist on their designs with a focus on quality and wearability. The Firebird brand is really conscious of the negative impact that the fashion industry has on the environment as well as humans and animals and therefore they choose to create mindfully in order to have minimal impact on the environment and maximum positive impact on people by being transparent and respectful to everyone involved in their processes. Firebird is based in Quebec, Canada, and they produce there ethically and locally so that they can really support their economy. And last but not least, Firebird strives to create clothing that stands the test of time and make you feel like your best self. I'm still working with Jess, so we're not even done yet, but you'll hear all of the lessons and the breakthroughs she's had so far, and it's so rewarding to hear. She started her brand as an upcycling brand, and you'll hear more about that shortly, but we're now moving and transitioning her to also create her own line and her own product. And I know some of you are doing this transition too, so I wanted to bring her on while she's going through it so that you can feel like you're not alone and you can really hear about her experience. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you that doors to our Conscious Appeal Accelerator program are currently open and they're going to be closing very soon on October 1st, 2021. CAA is our program that increases sales and scales sustainable fashion brands. We help slow fashion founders get to the next level and give them all the knowledge, all the strategies, all the support and the accountability they need to be successful. If you've been living on a rock and you haven't heard about CAA yet, all good. We're going to leave a link down below so that you can get more information and check it out. But make sure you take a look if you're a slow fashion founder that's already launched your brand and you're really struggling with getting it to that next level. This is the last time we offer CAA this year, and also the last time it's going to be at this price point. We've really tried to keep it at this price point because we know folks are really struggling right now with the pandemic, and we really want to help as many slow fashion brands as possible. So don't snooze. Make sure you take a look at the link down below. It's just www.recloset.com slash yes. And if you have any questions, don't be shy. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at Recloseted or send us an email to hey at Recloseted.com. With all of that being said, let's dive into the interview with Jess. Well, welcome to Recloseted Radio, Jess. It's so great to have you on and it's always nice to have a client on here and really share your story. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. And to get things going, can you please introduce yourself and tell us how you got started in fashion? 
Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I discovered your podcast about a year ago and I've listened to a lot of them. So it's really a pleasure to be invited. So my name is Jess Phoenix and I've always been into fashion since I was a kid. I've always really liked that, but actually for nine years, I was a social worker before starting my business. So yeah, totally unrelated, <laughs> but I've, like I said, I always kind of had my foot in the door in fashion. I was like, even just on Instagram in my earlier twenties, like posting little outfit pics here and there and whatever. And so I had some opportunities, but really always stuck to um, being, you know, doing my, my full-time job as a social worker. But then I think what really resonated with me was I was watching this documentary called Minimalism on uh, Netflix. And um, it just really motivated me not to be a minimalist, actually, <laughs> but to go through my closet and just get rid of things that I'm not using, see like, you know, what am I wearing? And is it useful to me? And I ended up with like 10 garbage bags full of clothes that I didn't know what to do with. I just started to look around, like uh, look online, like what what to do with secondhand clothing. Like I always would donate here and there, but I didn't want to just donate like 10 bags of clothes to one place. I didn't know where it was going to go after. So in my research, I kind of discovered like the cycle of secondhand clothing and clothing in general led me to research about and discover like sustainable fashion and thrifting. And so, yeah, it kind of like opened my eyes a lot. I was a huge fast fashion buyer just even of, like three years ago kind of started my journey basically with those 10 garbage bags I ended up donating a bunch of it but also some of the items I wanted to sell they were like you know more like really pristine items that I wanted to make sure to find a new home for so I discovered like selling apps like Depop and Facebook Marketplace and I was like oh my gosh like these clothes are selling after like minutes I post them there's a huge like uh, interest and so I realized I really liked the, the creative process of getting rid of those clothing, but then finding different ways of like how I could reuse my old clothing. Like, oh, maybe if I altered this, uh, I would like it again. So that's how I started reworking. And I noticed that people were into what I was doing. So I started selling some of the pieces. And yeah, I just kind of started like that and it snowballed. I ended up quitting my nine to five because I was able to make ends meet and I wanted to see if I can could grow my business. But I didn't have that much business knowledge. So it's all great to be to be creative and, and, and all that. But when you're not sure exactly how to go about running a business, you run into some issues. So everything was going really great. But I really just wanted to grow and I wasn't sure how. And so that's when I discovered you actually. <laughs> And I want to take a little bit of a step back too, because I think your background is so interesting. You went from social work and then you started upcycling. How did you do that? Were you watching like tutorials on YouTube? How did you even learn how to sew? I had like uh, my boyfriend's grandmother's sewing machine lying around. Yeah, I was really just looking into how what I could do with those clothes, those that famous uh, 10 uh, garbage bags of clothes, and saw like people were, you know, finding different ways to alter them. So yeah, I really just looked on YouTube and uh, taught myself how to how to sew. And at first, like it was a disaster. Eventually, I got good at it. And so yeah, self taught. <laughs> yeah, amazing. It's crazy what you can do on YouTube these days. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And so you started upcycling and then it really snowballed and then it really became a brand and a business. And that's where we met and we started working together. But can you tell us a little bit more about your brand Firebird and really what it stands for? 
Yeah, sure. So yeah, I guess like I can start by explaining why Firebird. My last name is Phoenix. And so it's also known as a Firebird, the mythological Phoenix Firebird. And so of course that represents me, but um, I think even more importantly, it also represents kind of that cycle of the clothing, right? So the Firebird is known to rise from the ashes and kind of be reborn. And so we're sourcing, you know, clothing like destined for the landfills and giving those pieces or even just those end of roll fabric a second life. So that's like the concept of the Firebird brand. In general, some of our favorite pieces would be like the vintage denim. We upcycle a lot of it as well. We will do a lot of upcycled like blazer sets, different styles. More recently, we've been making our own pieces, which we're really, really excited about. So, so yeah. Yeah. And so you have the upcycling portion and then now you're making your own pieces, which we will dive into a little bit later. But for the upcycling portion, sometimes it can be a lot of work, right? You have to go out and find the pieces, then you actually have to do work to it and then you sell it. And so it can be really hard to do this at scale. So for anyone else that's really interested in repurposing clothing, thrifting, upcycling, do you have any words of advice that you've learned over the years? Definitely. So it's totally exactly what you said. It is really difficult to scale. So I would just say like knowledge is power. That would be like my number one thing. If you're a creative person, like that comes more naturally. But to really learn about the business aspect is so, so important. Because if you're not sure how to run a business, you'll hit a wall at one point. So you can have like these amazing upcycled pieces, but if you don't have a marketing strategy or anything like that, you're just going to go to waste. So I would say, yeah, like focus on your creative juices, but also figure out what, <laughs> what you're doing. Especially like, I would say if you want to be self-sufficient, because you can always like sell your stuff at a store, they can take care of marketing for you. But if you really want to stand on your own two feet and like know exactly like what you're doing, I would say definitely look into the, the business portion. And do it because we need more people in sustainable fashion. And so if you're hesitating, don't. And I would say, yeah, definitely get on that. For sure. And so you've been doing it now really successfully. And I would say really well. Your blazer sets, which we'll link in the show notes, are so cute. And I know they are very popular. And the one I want is sold out. So. Oh, no. Which one is it? It's the black one. It's so cute. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, I feel like that one sells out fast. But yeah, if you guys like them, check them out. I also am curious because I feel like you do a good job already with upcycling. But when you approached me to work together, you had also expressed that you really wanted to grow and scale your business and add in your own pieces. Can you talk a little bit about what spurred this idea and where you see that going? Yeah, for sure. So I guess it kind of started organically, which a lot of the things with me do start organically because I am not a huge planner, which I'm learning with you. It all started with my first piece, which was the upcycled jean jackets. So I had like a bunch of beautiful vintage denim, just but just panels. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. And so I decided to first I made tote bags and then I got really um, excited and decided to source even more of this fabric and make jackets. After I kind of went through that process of making from A to Z with a sewer, I really, really loved the process. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I have full creative control. Like we can choose from A to Z, like everything. Whereas when you're upcycling and reworking, you have a garment already and you have to work around what's there. Sometimes it's even more time consuming and grueling. So yeah, I really like that. And then also in terms of like the selling vintage and thrift, all items are one of a kind. So once it's gone, it's gone forever. 
And while that's really, really cool, and one of the reasons why I love doing that, it's also really great to be able to have like a few items that are, let's say, more popular that you can make and remake. And again, like exactly like you're saying, it's easier to, to also to scale that way and to just allow my creative juices to, <laughs> to flow a little bit more as well. Totally. And so now your plan is still to do the upcycling, but you're going to focus more on creating your own pieces, right? Yeah, exactly. Great. And so I would love to talk a little bit about some of your challenges too, because I know that being a slow fashion founder, especially with someone with such a big vision like yours and also having so much change going on, there's a lot of challenges. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you were struggling before you met me and before we started working together? Because other people that are listening, sometimes it's nice if you know someone else had the same situation as you. For sure, for sure. Okay, so I was like stuck in this vicious cycle, kind of like you mentioned before, you know, like sourcing, sewing, selling, repeat. And so in doing all that and in doing everything on my own, I was hitting like a maximum of sales, of course, that I could make on a monthly basis. It's great. I mean, I can make ends meet. It's, it's rolling. It's great. But I saw that I wasn't able to grow on my own. Like, and if I didn't change what I was doing, I would just always have that amount every single month. And I was working like crazy hours just to keep up. So it just it wasn't working. So I decided to find someone, Paulina, my sewer, to help me out. And that was great. And she she saves me a lot of time I, and she has does beautiful work. But like there was no time for strategic marketing and for like planning. And then I realized with the extra time that I was having, I was like, wait a second, I don't know how to, <laughs> to do strategic planning or to build my business. Like the sewing was my thing, you know? That's when I sought help because I saw that I just wasn't going to be able to magically grow overnight without the tools and the skills on the business end. And yeah, that's really what led me to you. And I think a lot of other people can resonate with that because to a certain point, like you can grow your business to a certain point, but then after that, you kind of get stuck and you need some help to get to that next level. And it can be really helpful for a fresh pair of eyes to look at things that, you know, isn't overwhelmed, isn't stressed out and isn't burnt out and to look at it and give you a plan. Exactly. Yeah. I know we're still working through some things and you have some exciting things launching soon, but how do you feel now and what were some of the big game changers or realizations you had in our work so far together? Actually, just to kind of go back for a second. So before I met you, like I was literally feeling so anxious and I'm not an anxious person, like my nature isn't anxious and there's nothing wrong with that, but I was feeling just so, so anxious all the time, like physical symptoms, like just exhaustion really burned out. And like to the point where I wasn't motivated to get up in the morning and I am a morning person. So I just didn't know what to do like with my time. I didn't know where to start. So now that we're working together, I just found my motivation again. I swear I like feel emotional about it <laughs> because it's really true. I feel motivated and uh, hopeful for the future of my brand. Whereas before I was just like, there was a lot of like negative self-talk as well going on. So yeah, it's really just done wonders for me. There's a famous quote by Benjamin Franklin who said like, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And that is just so true. Since you've given me all the tools to be able to plan properly, it's just night and day just example like ClickUp, just aware to put all of my thousand to-do lists all in one spot and then have it just magically appear on a calendar for me, like mind blown. 
Well, first of all, thank you so much. That makes me so happy and really warms my heart. And just on your point about motivation, that's why I always tell people you need to have your why because it's so important to remember why you're doing this. All of you are trying to make a positive and measurable impact on the fashion industry and what you're doing is such important work. So of course, like we need to prep you with the tools and the strategies to be successful. And I think a lot of other people are very similar to the situation you were in before where every single day they were just running around with their heads cut off, trying to put out fires and had no idea what they were working on. One of the things that I think has been really helpful for you is just streamlining what you've been working on and just really focusing and just knowing that you're working on things that will move the needle in your business and you don't have time for anything else because you're still kind of just a one person team. You can still go so much further. Exactly. Absolutely. You've mentioned ClickUp right now, but how else are you managing everything right now? Like, do you have a system? Do you have this? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, there's so many other tools other than ClickUp that you've introduced to me. But like, for example, later in order to plan my content, like that is another game changer for accounting, you know, QuickBooks, everything goes into that automatically, or I can just take a picture of my bills and it just uploads. Like I don't have to sit there and like go through my bank statements one by one and like do it on my own in a silly Excel sheet. Everything is like being analyzed and like there's no more guessing. All of my to-do lists that I had before were great. Everything was there, but those lists weren't planned into all of these I don't know. I think you have to have ClickUp to understand, but it's just a game changer. Also, like the business mind, you know, like I, I'm a true creative. So I wasn't always looking from like a business perspective, like, okay, but if you do this, you're never going to grow. I think I, I found like a, a balance because I want to stay true to myself and do what I love, which is like the upcycling part. But now that I have discovered that I also love creating my own pieces, it's also to realize that like, that's not only super fun and can allow myself to be creative, but it's also better for my business to proceed that way. Yeah, a lot of like these different kind of realizations just through working with you. And in the beginning, I was almost resistant, you know, to change. But now, like, I think we're mid program. And it's like, it really is night and day. For sure. Yeah. And Talking a little bit at the beginning, you mentioned ClickUp, Later, QuickBooks, like those are all things that we've done to automate your business, right? Like if we take a step back again, you're just one person. So the more we can automate, the less you have to do and the more it frees up your time to work on some of the more strategic items and some of the things that you haven't had time to do. For folks listening, automation is amazing. And then of course, having a plan, like you said, that Benjamin Franklin quote you said is so true. And so thank you for sharing that. You need to make a lot of mindset changes, right? Like I think the founder you are today, and again, we're still working together. So I'm so excited to see where you are after we're done. But the founder you are today is night and day from who you were when we first met, right? And it's just very rewarding and just so heartwarming to see. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I know it's been just so worth it. It's so scary to invest in these types of programs, but you're literally like, I don't want to compare it to school because it's way more fun than that. <laughs> Not that I discourage school, I encourage anyone to study at all times, but you are very focused on sustainable fashion, which is something that like, you can find so many different coaches out there, but to find someone in like a, this type of a niche and focus on sustainability and who gets all of that. 
that's harder to find. So that was really important for me. Um, and that's also why I waited so long to kind of connect with someone because I wasn't finding like what I was looking for really. So I always like to ask these questions because I think it's always interesting to take a peek into someone's week or life. But what does an average week look like for you if you have an average week? Yeah, really. Like you were saying, you know, we're just wearing so many hats. It's pretty chaotic. Still working on that. But thanks to the strategic planning, like I just follow my list now. There's obviously still room for spontaneity, which I like, but it would consist of like a lot of content creation. That's what I'm working on this week, for example, getting all of that creation, trying to, to bulk that and also leave room for the spontaneous stories in here and there. Like, I guess like website management, managing the inventory, making sure I have all the supplies I need, problem solving. So there's customer service. And then like, I would say every day I'm like, okay, what kind of an email or bad news am I going to get today or problem, you know, because that's running a business. Like you're always going to have that and you just have to like suck it up and problem solve. It's never the end of the world and you always find a solution. Always, you know, working on different collections coming up. So different like design details, waiting on fabric or this piece that I need. Then there's like accounting, um, which is more automated now, which is great. And I guess like miscellaneous stuff would be like even just like the recording of this podcast, like preparing for that mentally <laughs> and different things that come up, collaborations. And then the one thing that I didn't mention, which is a huge chunk of my time is packing orders. So and like sewing. So that's a big chunk of my, my week as well right there. Yeah. And speaking of that, I'm making just do a time analysis right now and we're going to go through it soon. But yeah, like it's really helpful to do the time analysis and really look at what you're doing every week, because I'm probably going to challenge you to relook at the packing of orders soon. But oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've been filling that out. And let me tell you, like when you're scrolling on uh, Instagram, you think twice. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm going to have to write this down. Like, the minutes are going by or you really think twice when you're you have to like log it. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you that don't know, I'm making just do this exercise right now where she logs every 15 minutes of her day for two weeks to really see what she's doing. And it, it's so deceptive. Those Instagram scrolls or those TikTok scrolls, because you think you're just watching a few videos or looking at a few posts and then half an hour is gone. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's awful. And so do you also have an everyday like morning routine or evening routine that you think really works for you because you are so busy and there's a lot going on. So it's also important to take care of yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. This is something I'm still working on. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my routine is perfect, but what I strive to do and what I do is move my body every single morning, whether that be even just like a walk with my coffee around the block, like even if I'm only able, able to do that. Just getting up and getting the blood flowing is just really helpful and like taking some deep breaths and thinking about just like, you know, just preparing myself for the day. And so, yeah, moving my body really, really helps. And sometimes I'll do like a full on hardcore routine as well, but um, I have to always squeeze that in. And then I would say, yeah, I just follow my, my list of things to do and uh, go on with my day, making sure to take a nice lunch break in there as well. Because I do tend to have like, I get really tired around two o'clock. So I, I need my break. And at nighttime, this is again, something that I'm working on. My boyfriend knows that this is not something that I'm able to do every night, but I do try to put my phone on do not disturb after 7pm, which is hard to do. But yeah, I really want to do that. And like, we just cook and hang out and really just like, 
pay attention to one another because as a any small business owner knows that you can literally work 24 hours a day there's always something to do so to know when to put your work aside and like look around you and try to enjoy you know your loved ones and catch up with friends it's just so important to do that I love that. And to your point, it doesn't have to be a super robust morning routine or evening routine, so long as it works for you. When you first started to put your phone on Do Not Disturb at around seven, I feel like you must have felt not even anxious, but just worried that you might miss something. And so people don't do that. So how did you get over that? I'm still trying to get over it. (laughs) I have to say, like, there are some days, like, let's say I've just done a drop Like I will not because I know that if someone asks a question, I'm going to want to be able to respond right away on a regular night. Yeah, I have to. Sometimes what I do is I'll literally put it in the other room so that I can't even see the phone, because if I see it in the corner of my eye, like I'm tempted to just click on the the home button and see like if I got any messages. So it's really just out of sight, out of mind, get it out of the room and try to be in the moment, like focus on the conversations you're having. Or I really love cooking for that because like you can't be on your phone and cook at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, just like really trying to be in the moment. It's so, so important, but definitely a challenge. For sure. It's something I'm still working on too. But what I tell myself and what I tell other people is just, we're not really saving lives. Like what we're doing is important 100%, but we're not saving lives. And so it'll, it'll be okay if it waits until tomorrow morning, you know, it's good. 100%. Exactly. And it's funny because one of my friends is a nurse. And so I was always like, oh, what do you guys say at work? Because you're actually saving lives. And apparently they say the same thing because they're not the actual doctors working on the patients. (laughs) I don't know what doctors say, but hey, it works for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when they're not on duty, they're not on duty, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, everyone needs to take a break. And exactly, it's like, it's just clothes at the end of the day. uh, Like you said, it's important, you know, we're working on it like a bigger movement and, and whatnot, but it can wait. And I often notice that with buyers too, or, you know, customers like they'll necessarily expect to get a response right away. Like they, of course, appreciate it. Most people know that, you know, I don't have like a customer service team right now. So it's really just around getting back to them, but not getting back to them within five minutes. I think social media has really wired us to really try to respond to people right away. There's all these notifications. But at the end of the day, to your point, it, it doesn't matter so long as you get back to them. For sure, in a timely manner, but doesn't have to be instant. We're used to instant everything these days, but slow fashion. <laughs> Exactly. Slow fashion and slow responses. (laughs) Slow but timely responses. Yeah. And friendly. Exactly. Great. Well, what do you think are some of the top three lessons or takeaways you've received so far from working together? I feel like there's a lot, but like your top three. I think I already mentioned this, but I would definitely just reiterate that it's worth the investment. You're investing in yourself and your business. So for me, it's myself and my business. It's literally the future of it. It's not something that you can Google. We mentioned the apps, like anyone can go download those now, but it's like there's so much more to the program than just apps and organization. So it's worth investing in like, you know, this year, this is what I need to help me get going. But like continually, we all need like continuing education, you know, like even as a social worker before, like we had to update, you know, do trainings all the time, things change. So that's one thing. It's uh, investing in yourself. I also think I said this before too, but time management, 
time is money. So really make sure like you're using it wisely. And I'm talking to myself when I say this as well, of course, so we're still evaluating how I use my time. So it's so important. And I'm learning that as I go on, like some things I was doing before, I'm like, Oh, my God, I can't believe I spent like a whole day working on that thing. Like, it's really important. And I think the most important thing for me was accepting and realizing that like nothing happens overnight. You have to be patient and you have to put the work in. But if you do, if you're motivated and you believe in yourself, you can make it happen. And so I would add on to that to not give up, you know, because so many people do give up. Reach out for help and talk to the right people. You know, you can really make it happen for yourself. Love that. And just building on top of your last point too, social media really paints a deceptive picture of what entrepreneurship looks like because it's everyone's highlight reels and people are just posting about their wins and their successes. But no one talks about the in-between where you're crying in the corner of your room because you don't know what you're doing or like something's not going right. You did a launch and it failed. Like no one talks about that. But to your point, you need to keep going and you need to learn from these things and yeah, never give up and be patient and trust that things will come in their time. Totally. Oh my gosh. It's so true, you know, and some people will show the behind the scenes of tougher times or whatnot. But like, personally, I'm not comfortable doing that. But trust me, like I live those moments and I have some really bad days where I'm just like, Oh, gosh, what am I doing? But personally, don't go on social media and like cry on like I sometimes I appreciate seeing when people do that. I'm like, wow, like that's so brave. Mm -hmm. But yeah, everybody, you know, is human. And we all have our, our ups and downs for sure. It is deceiving when you go on because for the most part, it is really just everyone's like living their best life. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, it's not all, always like that. Yeah, it's not always sunshine and rainbows and all that stuff. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, what are you excited for next? Like what's coming up? Well, first of all, I'm so excited to, to complete the program because like you said before, you know, I noticed a change in just how I'm working and, and everything. I'm just so excited because I know that like by the end, you have a lot more to teach me as well. So I'm just really looking forward to everything that there is to come and the rebrand. So I will be rebranding. The goal is in November. So that's, I'm really looking forward to that. And just to kind of like continue to create mindfully and present like my new pieces to the Firebird women in mind. <laughs> I'm excited for all that. So excited to see the pieces that you create. And I'm also very excited for your rebrand. And so if everyone wants to stay in touch, support you, see what you're all about, what are your links? So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at shopfirebird. And you can also sign up for my newsletter at shopfirebird.net. Awesome. And I'll have all of that linked in the show notes for folks to check out as well. And in the interim, before it just releases her own pieces, I highly encourage you to look at the blazer sets. They're so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I really do love them. I'm just so happy and proud that everything is like, you know, reworked and produced in Canada and Quebec. So thank you for supporting us. Make sure you support. It's always amazing to see these conscious Canadian brands succeed. So yeah, support. Thanks, Selena. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. And that was our interview with Jess from Firebird. Friendly reminder that doors to our Conscious Apparel Accelerator program are closing on October 1st, 2021. And this is the last time we're offering it this year and also the last time it's ever going to be at this price point. So make sure you take advantage. 
This program is seriously going to be a game changer for slow fashion brands that are really struggling to increase their sales, get to that next level, and successfully scale their brand without all the overwhelm, all the anxiety, and all the burnout. If you want more information, again, it's just www.recloseted.com yes, and I will have the link down in the show notes as well. If you have any questions, don't be shy. Feel free to reach out at Recloseted on Instagram or send us an email to hey at recloseted.com. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you took a lot out of it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at Recloseted. Additionally, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe because new episodes will be automatically downloaded and it also helps us as well to continue to provide this podcast for free to you and continue to share all of these valuable resources. If you haven't already, also make sure you rate Recloseted 5 stars if you think we deserve it and write a positive review. That really helps us as well. And we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.